This is podcast two of five of the ACCA strategy series. Welcome to the Humanise the Numbers podcast series. Leaders, managers and owners of ambitious accounting firms sharing insights, successes and issues that will challenge you and connect you and your firm to the ways and means of transforming your firm's results. With me, it makes my job as MD much easier to be able to consistently use the same terms and the same words and and even the strategic goals can sit underneath them. So you've got vision, mission, strategic goals, consistently everyone talking about them and that's a sign for me. If my team are doing that, if my team are saying that, if my team are behaving in line with those, I know that I've got that message across. What does an accountancy firm do to make strategy really come to life in their firm? Well, on this podcast, you'll hear Glenn, Phil and Gareth from two different accounting firms talk about instead of a marketing strap line for strategy, they've worked out what has to happen in their firms so that their vision, their purpose, their values really come to life. So it means something. It isn't corporate BS. It's actually happening in their firm. They're living it. Hi, um, our firm is Holland's Accountants and my name is Glenn Davison. Uh, my role is Managing Director and I've been with the firm since 1992, um, which is a long time. Um, what I do now is run the firm and focus predominantly on our strategy, execution of our strategy, as well as have my own client portfolio in two key sectors, really manufacturing and professional services. Um, and the big focus over the last few years has been all around our culture which is a nice segue into Phil. Brilliant. Phil. So my name's Phil Murray. I'm Commercial and Cultural Director of Harlands. Um, our aim is to help build better businesses across the UK by constantly evolving the role and perception of what accountants do and delighted to be able to talk a bit more about that today. Um, my particular role is I have a, a bank of clients that I work with, high growth businesses, and work with them on strategy and, and, and taking control of their finances. But also my specific role in the business is uh, implementing and developing our strategy in particular linked to winning the right type of businesses and bringing the right type of people in. And, mm. uh, and therefore culture, vision and mission are, are critical to that piece. Brilliant. Thanks, Phil. And I, I want to dive into the definition of culture shortly because what the heck does that mean? Uh, <laughs> it's a question that a lot of firms uh, ask. So, Gareth, please, if you would give us your background and a little bit about your firm. Yep. My name is Gareth Pinder and I'm the uh, practice manager of Griffiths and James Accountants, which is based in Cumbran. Griffiths and James is part of the Parker & Co Group, which is it's an expanding uh, accountancy practice where we intend to We've got another few practices lined up to acquire within the next year. Um, so my, my main role is to manage the Griffiths and James firm. And it's also the, the, the transition between um, when we buy practices and bring them on board to, to try and align the whole group. Yeah. Um, as well as the, the day job is challenging, but that, that's, that's my role in a nutshell. <laughs> It's interesting. It's, it, it sounds like you, you've all got the day job. Which bit of it is the day day job? Is it the culture piece or the uh, you know the strategy piece or is it the portfolio of clients? And Gareth, you know, is it you know running Griffiths and James or is it the transition piece? So I'd, I'd like to start there. What's your definition of day job, Gareth? Uh, at, the, at the moment, it's, it's everything. To be honest, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So when we 
when we acquired this practice, uh, there was three accountants working here, including the owner. Um, but as soon as they, they, the other accountants heard that they were acquiring it, they left. Right. Um, so at the moment, it's just me. Um, and like speaking to Glenn earlier, just about sort of trying to get staff members and at the moment and hiring was a challenging it's a challenging thing but my my role at the moment is is the day job doing the accounts speaking to clients but also ensuring that griffiths and james is becoming in, in line with parker and co um and yeah making sure all the processes and everything in it the same and the how we deal with clients and everything it's right. a stressful time. <laughs> it, sa- it, it sounds like you've got your hands full. It does. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting you signpost the, you know, there's that uh, process management bit as well as the people management bit. There's the people yeah. development and the process development bit. And then there's the strategy that's laid on top of that, isn't it? Or underneath that, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah. Uh, f- I, I, let's just get to Phil. I'll come back to you in a okay. second, Gareth. So, uh, Phil, day job, which one? <laughs> um, yeah, flitting. Probably like most people in practice, it varies. But... The aim is to try and split it up between, as best possible, leadership management, so supporting, coaching the team in particular to get better mm-hmm. and to deliver on the results. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's you know supporting clients to um, take control of their finances, spot good opportunities, have really good conversations, and then similar to... To, to what we've talked about just before, you know, then at the moment we're looking at bringing the right type of people in. So mm. talking to really good accountants, advisors about potentially joining our firm so that we can grow. So um, it is varied. It's good fun. Um, it's challenging. And, it, and, it, and you've got to wear the different hats depending on kind of who you're talking to and, and, and the key aims of that conversation. And that- I know we're not yet talking about vision, but I, I do think there's the you know there's the practical implication, the Im- implementation, not implication, implementation of strategy is you know you've got to apply dedicated time. How how do you actually um, break the time down? You know, if you look at a working week, have you, is it just all mixed in, Phil, or is it you know have you got blocks of time for blocks of work? What's your approach? Yeah, I've tried where best possible you know and I wouldn't say I've nailed it Paul but to have some dedicated time depending on the day I think that Covid's forced me to do that if yeah. I'm completely honest with you um, so making sure there's dedicated time in for one-to-ones with the team is, is a must for me um, that's first and, and first in my diary is making sure that I've got those I know when they're going to be and I can prepare um, then making sure there's dedicated time for existing clients and then any new client conversations as well so mm. where possible Paul having it scheduled I, I'm, I'm yeah my diary is, is really important to me and it tells me exactly what I'm doing personally and in business. Um, but also having some flex, that's also been really important because we know that in practice you'll get sideswiped or there'll be yeah, some element of fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, we're, we're really passionate about the seven habits. Um, and From Stephen Covey, yeah. Absolutely, you know, yeah. and, and trying where possible to be in the top right around planning, coaching, developing has been a real thing that, that Glyn's been trying to get us to do and, and he's trying to do personally and that I've, I've taken as a real responsibility for myself to make sure that the managers are, are trying to do the same. And it, we're not experts and we're not saying we've nailed it, Paul, but we talk about it a lot. Mm. But it, I, I guess, Phil, if you're actually applying time to it as well, you're uh, you're doing stuff about it as well. Glenn, Correct. Glenn, what you know? What's your day job versus strategy job? Which you know, where, yeah. where, where's where, where does it lie for you? Again, similar. I think having um, worked in professional services in in the firm and, and progressed um, to to running it, 
for a number of years, as well as having a number of clients in this sector, I do think professional services is a little unique because it is client time with senior people mm-hmm. that pays a lot of the bills. So yeah. being realistic, trying to move those relationships has been the toughest challenge for, for us as a firm. I, where Gareth is now is once you have done someone's accounts and engage with them around it, it's really hard, especially if you're good, to pass that on to someone else because they actually want to deal with you um, rather than anyone else. So, so have you on- found it relatively easy then, uh, Glenn? No, I haven't at all. Uh, also- that, that was me being glib and funny. Yes. I <laughs> my jokes here, you know. That yes. was, uh- <laughs> The biggest problem is I actually love that part of my job. Yeah. And, and again, yeah, yeah, whether yeah. I see that as a problem or not, I, I don't see it as a problem. Maybe I did in the past. I don't now. I, I actually want to do what I love because yeah. it, it comes natural. Yeah. The challenge is, therefore, how much time can you make sure every week you're putting in to the role that is the most important for the firm as a whole? And there's a few mm-hmm. things along the years that have really stuck in my mind. If yeah. you don't do those things as managing director, then who else is going to do them? The answer is no one. So yeah. you have to devote time. And the way I do that is priorities. I always prioritize every week and I will mix those priorities. I'll have some client ones and there will be some weeks where majority of my priorities are client led, but there will always be some managing director type tasks that I'm working on in a week. And I'll prioritize, prioritize those every week. And also have looked at how that factors monthly, quarterly in terms of where we're heading. Um, and probably one thing in that that we did that has been successful is set some clear strategic goals that we stick towards. So that gives you a basis of what your tasks are around driving towards those and trying to get some movement every week towards them. Mm. We've been very clear on that and much better on that over the last two or three years, and it's worked well. So it gives the guys some framework to work and be clear about what is it that those, like the question you asked, what are those things you do every week that actually are about strategy and culture and all those leadership bits? They're hard to define. Mm -hmm. So you've got to break it down. And those strategic goals have been fairly influential. So they're a big part of my thinking and my priorities every week, as well as accepting and enjoying the client role that I've got and looking to move those relationships on to capable people over a period of time. That's, That's how it sits at the moment. And and that's and it is a timepiece, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I, I work with firms who have, have got you know senior senior partners, senior owners who are you know two or three years away from you know retiring, and if they've got two or three years, you can um, transition a relationship reasonably successfully to yes. someone else as long as that person is of a reasonable caliber and has got the right processes and frameworks that they're working to. Um, if you're leaving it to if you want to do it in six months, then you're making a, a rod for your own back, which will backfire in terms of lost clients ultimately. Um, so the timing piece. But what I love about what you just said there, uh, in, in terms of the nitty gritty detail, Glenn, is this weekly approach. There's some time every week without fail that's applied to the managing director's strategic or cultural, if it's your perspective, Phil. Um, Gareth, have you have you got that sense so that you are allocating dedicated time to, to the strategy yeah. stuff, to the vision stuff, to the incorporating this firm into the uh, into the bigger firm? Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to do. It's something that I'm very aware of that needs to be done, to be honest, every the thing is the strategy for me has to change all the time because um if you want to keep on board with with how the clients are uh, especially especially in this sort of practice where in in terms of like 
but acquiring a practice in a pandemic is probably not the best time to be doing it. And it's been it's a real difficult sort of situation to sort of get clients on board, to be honest, mm. to to buying to the whole ethos of the Parker and Co. Because that's what I'm trying to deliver, to be honest. Yeah. So the strategy for me, I suppose on a client basis, has to has to change because I've changed a few times, to be honest. How I think I'm going to approach clients and clients in Newport, which is where the practice says for in Newport is different mm. to Cambrian completely like I, I just you know what I mean this is a new sort of position for me and so maybe in a naivety feet, say again you're finding your feet a little by the sounds yeah of yeah finding my feet definitely and be, maybe a little bit of naivety sort of assuming that when it was like a one you could use one trick for all sort of thing but it's not that is it doesn't work like that yeah, yeah so yeah, this yeah. like i have to dedicate time every every week definitely to the strategy and how we're moving forward and we've changed things around so much in, in here all the time and trying to sometimes when you're working with like a managing director um the vision the vision that i may have might not be that what they're expecting and it's a challenging conversation you have to have isn't it but um Absolutely, and and if, and if it's a moving target as well, Gareth, then that that can uh, undermine the, the 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 motivation and drive of the uh, of, of the team, uh, in, in, including your good self. So, uh, Glenn, let's go to uh, and I just because Gareth teed that up lovely is um, you know, and and you mentioned goals of your team, goals of your people, but the goals of the term that we would class that as the vision of the firm. How clear is that to you and your team? Yeah, it's it's been a big part of the last three, four years uh, in reality because your point there, Gareth, is valid. If you are not clear on exactly, as the managing director, if you cannot articulate where we're going very quickly and very concisely and get that down to everyone who's got a job of moving it forward, then they don't know what they're moving forward towards. Yeah. So being a, it's a real change once we've... And again, vision and mission are hard. Because what you want is something simple, but actually you've got to go through the detail and a real soul searching to actually create for the firm what's its why, what do you stand for, what is important, what's, what are you doing, what, where are you going. That, that isn't as easy as it sounds. And a lot of people mm-hmm. talk about that. And that took me personally, as well as us as a team, a long time to drill down to something. And again, a few people said to me stuff that sticks. So you want it to be there forever. And that, I felt at first that's quite a lot of pressure. But it's bang on because you have to get it right so that it doesn't change. Mm. If your vision and mission change every year, you've got no chance. You will flounder. Mm. You will move all over the place. So you've got to nail those things. Mm. But it's really hard to do. It's not simple. It's got mm. to actually resonate. And mm. what we have that now, and it, it's a big, big, it sits really well with me. It makes my job as MD much easier to be able to consistently use the same terms and the same words. And, and even the strategic goals can sit underneath them. So you've got vision, mission, strategic goals, consistently everyone talking about them. And that's a sign for me. Mm. If my team are doing that, if my team are saying that, if my team are behaving in line with those, I know that I've got that message across. But mm. that's only come over the last three or four years prior to that. Sometimes you look back and go, what the hell we were doing? Uh, I don't even know what I was doing. But yeah, again, yeah. because it causes confusion. And exactly what you're saying is you don't realise that at the time, how important it is. And you do have people like Paul saying, you really need to nail this. And you go, yes, I know, Paul, but I've got this bad <laughs> work to do. Um, and then you, yeah. that's the point. So how do you nail your vision and mission? I can't answer that question. And, and But we've done it. And it's been a fundamental building block in terms of moving forward. I know we can take the firm further now that we have this. And I know those things won't change. 
See, you're making it sound very hard for anyone listening to this going, that just sounds like that's way, way too much like hard work for me. But what, so what, what's the payoff? Phil, how would you respond to that? I'm conscious because you connected with the culture piece. That's why I'm, I'm looking for a, a, you know, a piece here. Where's the payoff for getting clarity on vision? It's massive, Paul. And I, we've talked a little bit about the kind of the, the journey that we've been on. So we did a buyout 10, 11 years ago. Um, a couple of years after, we were we kind of went, right, we're ready to go and win some, some, some clients. Let's go and market. Come on. And then we were stopped in our tracks, actually, and said, well, well, what's your why? You know, what's your brand about? And we went, well, we've got a logo. Thanks very much. And, and, and a strap line that said achieving your goals. And then again, we were stopped. Well, what about your why? What, you know, who are you looking for? What's the key parts here? Um, and we were taken on a really good journey about vision, mission, core values, which mm-hmm. Adlin's alluded to has been massive um, because it gives clarity on two key parts. One you know, from a from a team point of view and culture, it helps you align your core values, where you're looking to go with your team. And if that fits, fantastic. They come along and they can be part of some of the words and some of the way in which you're kind of developing the, the culture, which is big. Feel them feeling accountable and responsible and feel a real purpose around what they're doing and the building a better business um, was a was was a big thing for us. You know that that everyone really resonated well because it's something that we do every day. Um, so from a people point of view, that was great with existing people, but also as importantly with anybody new coming in. To be, you know, how do you differentiate in in a in a professional services business? Well, that was big for us. Being able to actually articulate our culture and someone being able to resonate that that's a culture that they believe in about building businesses and evolving the role of what accountants do. Um, yeah has meant that actually we're having fantastic conversations with people that let's be clear we probably wouldn't have been able to have with before they wouldn't have known about us and if they did they'll have looked and gone oh well they're a, you know, they're a firm up in county durham and okay lovely people but I'm not sure if that fits for me so and more recently we've we've been able to bring in some absolutely awesome people that we would have I'm, I'm clear on this we would never been able to without this culture and the vision and the mission and, and strategy we've created and are you talking clients there i'm talking both i'm team. talking right. team members and then at the same point paul for my with my commercial hat on originally it was jack of all trades let's go and kind of win whatever business we want to and let's win yeah. but actually yeah. what's happened is we found a couple of years after we were really clear on our vision mission purpose and the strategy that actually the, the, the people that were coming through our door from a client perspective were more of the right type of clients. So mm. the payoff for that was we were having much better conversations with businesses that definitely we could help. And then also the payoff from that was that the average client value grew substantially um, mm. because actually we were able to actually win clients who needed our services, not just compliance, but advisory, which is where we were looking to drive. So the two key payoffs for us were both in terms of people and getting buy-in from existing and bringing some quality in and working with some absolutely awesome clients that, again, I, I don't think we would have been able to without a really clear vision, mission and strategy. Mm. Mm. Can I just add on that? Can yeah, I add on that? Just referencing Phil's two points there. So on people, we built and revisited our recruitment process over the last 18 months. Right. And we were able to do that using our core values, what we stand for, our yeah. vision and mission. I don't yeah. need to be involved in that in any massive detail because I know the framework is set. So the questions we ask, the process we follow, the system 
for recruitment is mm. tied into what we stand for. Mm. Th that's why we've been able to bring in people that match what we want culturally mm. moving forward. And on yeah, the client yeah. side, it's the same. Our sales process can be built off the back of those building blocks of vision, mission, core values. So we yeah. build systems off the back of those building blocks. But if you haven't got those building blocks clear enough, you get decent systems, but they don't necessarily all follow the same principles at the top. And don't so take you where you want to go. Yeah, or they, they do, but not as far as if you've got those building blocks nailed on. Or as fast. You can move faster, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, I'm just wondering if there's a bit that's missing there, gents, which is this piece about, when you've got clarity on, as you call, you know, values, vision, and mission, and sense of purpose, uh, it enables you to work out clearly who you don't want to work with. Isn't it? It's that's the it's the decisions about who you choose not to work with that almost matter more than the ones that you choose to work with, isn't it? Or have it I got is, that wrong? No, you're right. We 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 create again. We like terminology. Well, I do because then I can see that if people are using it, it they, they understand. So we used a red flag system. So right. we red flag clients that don't take advisory services from us. That's what we did. We went through the client base and said, right, are there any clients that don't pay for? an advisory service line. We defined what, defined what advisory service lines were yeah. and we identified a number of clients that don't take advisory services. We went mm. to them and said, moving forward this year, you, this is the new package. The minimum package that we offer is this, which mm. we would be delighted if you joined up to. If that's not for you, we'll find you another accountant who will fit what you want because we are about advisory. Um, so you've actually built a well. process for uh, exiting clients that don't fit your vision, your values, your purpose, your mission. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, brilliant. And Gar the team Garrett, enjoyed that too. The team really liked that because they, they felt that that was a way of those clients that have been around a long time but are not really great to deal with. You end yeah, up yeah. dealing with us too, which is, yeah, which is yeah. ideal. Can, in, can in, I ask you guys a question? Yeah, go for it, Gareth. So you guys, you seem like you, you obviously – invested quite heavily in the whole vision and, and and the firm and that and i think i think where we are as a practice we're very much at the earlier stage and making sure we we like cement the foundation of the vision and that and i like i mean you guys you sound like you're way ahead and like it's 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 nice to hear to talk hear you talking about it to be honest what sort of challenges did you have like with staff members and that because you mentioned that you acquired a practice didn't you what what sort of like in when you integrated the two of them together, what, what sort of challenges did you come up with and how did you overcome them? Like, Because it's something we, I'm finding at the moment and it's like a, it's something, it'd be good to get somebody else's viewpoint on it, to be honest, yeah. and how you overcome the challenges. I'll pick one off first then I'll let Phil talk. For me, people, not just on integration, but people in general, the further up the organisation, the more important. You, you, you've got to get real depth on how those individuals behave, how they're built, Mm. That would be my real advice. That's a real challenge. And for myself, I'm quite a, I tend to see the best in people. And again, understanding yourself is important, which I, I adore that about myself, but it can mask where something may not be right. You want to see the best. You don't want to see the bits that maybe aren't right. Um, so I would say, go down that route. Make sure that you, if, if for me, it was building a team and one of the key changes was putting Phil who, into a more people-facing role so that I could get better clarity on our people Team. to be able to make the right decisions. Because if you're going to grow and move forward, those at the top are the ones who are going to do it. So if you're going to integrate and bring a practice on board, who's the senior people? Get inside them, know them, 
are they aligned with where you're going? Are they the type of people who really want to do that for their own reasons, not for yours, for theirs? So I, I, that's a big challenge and still is. Mm. Still is. We've, I've made hundreds of mistakes in terms of people mm. and, I, and I still will, which is why we spent two years revisiting every single part of the people side of the business because I can't yeah. add 15, 20 people to this business unless I know that they're, they're going to behave in a way that is aligned with our values. And we couldn't do that until we got much more depth on what does that mean? How does our systems evolve to be able to do that? And in the HR and the people side, it's a huge, huge area. It's totally underestimated. And I, and I always felt, do things early while you're a smaller firm. If I do them now, I know we can add 20, 30 people and I'll get much more consistent behaviour. If I wait and get to 50 people and then start, it's a nightmare. It's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> How did you ensure that the, 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 these people sort of invested into your culture? Because they, they come in, I suppose it's like two different cultures, isn't it, that they need to... Yeah. Brilliant question. Brilliant question. Observation. Observe them closely. And I don't mean like follow them around in a stalky way. That would be weird. <laughs> human behavior will yeah. give that away all day long. One, yeah. use some sort of personality profiling, again, for your senior people. So you and, and align that. We did some work with a, um, what was it called? OPQ. Yeah. yeah so we use a, a fairly bespoke one, but it's the HR guys that we use. But we then put the OPQ analysis together in a team format so we could see which skills that we were really strong in, which ones we weren't. One, develop those skills and also any changes to that team. Make sure you're bringing in skill set that fills the gaps. So mm -hmm. I would say, and by that I mean observation, just, just be closer to exactly how people are built and watch mm -hmm. behaviour, watch language, watch what they do, not, watch they, not what they say, yeah. and build a team of people who are open to be able to challenge each other on that, which is mm -hmm. not easy at all. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, we we find difficult difficulties between the two offices because this office, I think we're quite open and honest. I've had a few um, discussions with people about chains and that, but in the in the other office, it's um, they're a bit more quiet, sort of eggshells, uh, worried about standing on eggshells and stuff. So it's interesting to find and try and f from your guys, uh, sorry, from your point of view, how uh, how you managed it. It's uh, it, it, I've, I'm working with a, a couple of firms at the minute who are trying to integrate firms. And, um, you know, being crystal clear on the, and, and I know this podcast meant to be about vision and all of a sudden we're in that how we do stuff value space, but they're, they're all so connected at the hip, aren't they anyway? But it's that to being clear on what the values of your firm are, and then you observe the language, the skill and, 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 and the way people actually uh, behave dictates whether they fit the values or not it's if you're buying a firm you, you it's almost as if you haven't got any choice over the people you coming with the firm and then we've got to work with some or all of them to get them to reflect your values not an easy not an easy job that is it phil no, no i'm Paul, and answering in one of your questions there um our biggest challenge and probably is our um our biggest regret is not kind of not challenging that behavior that didn't fit with our vision, mission and values earlier. You know, actually, like if, if we're really true to ourselves, we were really clear on vision, mission and purpose. But like Lynn's alluded to, we probably gave people second, third, fourth, fifth chances that they could change. Mm. Um, and by not tackling that earlier, it's meant that our ability to move on and move faster has been tainted. So I think being, being really true to yourself about if it's looking like that someone's, someone doesn't align that's okay, and being open and honest and transparent up front is better, and that's something that we've learned a lot over the last few years, and we still don't get it right. right. Or, or we
more recently it's been so true and especially further further up the business because in particular you know you're going out and marketing this fantastic vision mission and core values if then actually you're not living and breathing it every day then what's the point you know you're at, you're at risk of, of of massively tainting you know kind of your brand which yeah. you know you've spent so much time doing it and then you bring in some brilliant people whether it's clients or people and they go well that's not what I was sold thanks very much um, yeah. and you've done you've done spent so much time doing it and then tackling those behaviors and like Lynn's alluded to you know, observing, not kind of, you know, really looking at what people are doing rather than what people are saying with one-to-ones, you know, regular one-to-ones that really kind of ask good questions, listening to the team, doing 360 reviews, those things. It's not just fluff. It actually makes a massive difference. But I tell you what, it bloody, it takes time and you've got to dedicate that time and believe that that time is going to get you where you want to, which is where we've had some battles in fairness. Yeah, and you know what? What I'm hearing from both you, Gareth, in terms of your perspective, as well as you know, Glenn and Phil's, is that um, this strategies piece isn't something that you go, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll deal with that, and then you know, 13 weeks later, it's sorted. That's 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 not how it works. What I'm also hearing though, also, is that, and you know, having worked in the profession for the last 18 years, is everyone's really nice. And that accountability to the behavioural standards and values that you're setting is actually a real challenge. But what you're saying there, Phil, is it pays off. And it would pay off quicker if we were better at actually applying that accountability piece. And actually, Paul, what we've found is when, you know, we've, we've built up this fact of going, I need to, I'm going to have to have a really tough conversation with someone about behaviours and those bits. And actually, once you've had it, one, you feel great because you've gone, well, that, you know, it was based on values and a base about what we're trying to do and, and actually the team members that you're talking to fully appreciate it because you've been open and honest and upfront mm. and that, either that leads to potentially someone going that's great I'm not actually the right fit here and, and we'll work together or someone goes ah I'm clear now you've not kind of danced around the handbags you've been really really clear with it so for both bits but again that the, the thought process of doing that and challenging somebody on behavior is is, mm. is alien to us especially as in the UK you know we're, we're nice and we don't like to have those but actually you know you, having them I think early people are nice in other countries hang on Phil I think people are nice in other countries <laughs> yeah I meant in terms of that bit, we don't like to have those, you know, we don't like to be a bit more kind of front up about, you know, kind of challenging situations because we we think that conflict is a bad thing. Um, But actually in the right way, with a really good framework like Glenn's alluded to, it doesn't then become personal or you can make sure it's not personal. Turn it it more into fact-based conversations is something we've worked hard on. We want to be talking about facts, not judgments. Judgments don't work. So again, back to systems. Once you have some core values and you can define them, and that isn't easy. Mm. That's again something useful, Gareth, to think about is facilitating some of the harder stuff. So strategic goals, um, mm. values. We facilitated those sessions, so we bring people in to help facilitate that, and that's one way I've learned. I'll do that stuff. So if I've got a facilitator in, that's going to cost us some money. We've got some time set aside. They're going to help with the agenda. They're going to follow up the notes. Then it happens. If it's left to me to organise that, then I've got 17 clients ringing the phone going, I need you for this. And you say, oh, right, I'll sort that first. Then it doesn't happen. So facilitate key things like that. And then once you've got those things in place, it just makes it easier to, to build systems off the back of it, um, which is what Phil's talking about there, performance yeah, yeah, reviews. Yeah. Yeah. one-to-ones the conversations have 
a consistency to them about how are you behaving in line with our core values. And if you aren't, what are those examples? How can we bring an example to the party to say, right, you handle this this way. Yeah. How do you think we could have handled that much more in line with our values? And people get yeah. that. It's a much better. It's not a confrontational conversation. It's a fact-based conversation. And it nudges people more towards the kind of behavior. And they understand, right, that's the type of behavior they're looking for. It just mm. it nudges behavior. It doesn't change it overnight. Yeah. How do you, how do you resolve the? I, I, I'm going to refer to Michael Gerber, you 3 visited, where he goes, look, this, you know, there's a system failure, not a people failure. But what you're actually talking about there, Glyn, is there are people failures, and actually we need to be open and candid and have constructive conflict conversations, not not yes. not rouse, not yes. you know fisticuffs. Uh, how, how do you square that circle that actually Gerber would say, well, there isn't uh, there isn't a people failure, there's just system failures. Yeah, I think there's a bit in the middle. I think, one, you do have to have systems, and, and without doubt, Gerber's ethos changed my life. It's, it's, I, I, I'm a logical person, so immediately my head goes, this makes complete sense. However, still a person has to interpret that system. doesn't matter how detailed it is, a person has to interpret it. So how that person's built will dictate, and also their, their background and, 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 and how they how they're kind of come together will determine how they execute that system. So I think observation, just Brilliant. watching and talking. Once something happens, sit down, have a conversation. You'll learn a lot from that, as will the person, if it's all about understanding. Mm-hmm. So why, why, if we ask 10 people to execute that system, I guarantee, it doesn't matter how detailed the system is, there will be difference in how they execute it. Why? What are those differences? And if what we want is more consistent behavior, but we want people to use their own personality, we don't want them to be robots, then you have to encourage your leadership team to go there, have those conversations, listen, and, you, yeah. and, and encourage people to behave the way they do. But if it isn't in line with our values, understand why. Do they understand mm-hmm. that? Did they clearly understand? There'll be stuff that happens that hasn't happened before. So encourage mm-hmm. more conversations about the behaviours you're looking for and those behaviours sit underneath our core values. And it yeah. starts with a good piece of work to be very clear on what values are. Mm-hmm. Which again so, comes from what are we trying to achieve? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask specifically what that is for Harlands in a second, but I just want to turn to, to, to Gareth. Gareth, how clear to you is the vision of the business that you're working in? So the Park and vision, it, it is pretty clear. Um, what is it? I mean, it's, it's pardon. What is it? It's the the whole the whole the whole ethos is the adventure in business, isn't it? Which you've probably seen through uh the website um the actual the full vision and in terms of the, the strategy well i say it's clear and it's it's a difficult one really because i'm because i'm not in the parker and co it's i'm very much here trying to mold everything into it it's i, I suppose i'm out of it really and maybe it's brought to the front that the vision may actually might might need to be a bit clearer. To be well, honest. let me ask a better question, so, then, Gareth. Let me ask a better question because you've got you've got a team that you've got you you're the leader of. Yeah. What's your vision for that team for that uh, office? So my my vision for this team is basically we we want to ensure that we provide the clients with with the best service they can they can get. To be honest, um, that 
that that's that's the that's the foundation of my my vision for for this firm, trying to mould the clients. So well, I say mould them to bring them in line with the Parker and Co ethos, which, which is essential, which is the whole sort of adventure in business. Um, we want to make sure that the clients are completely happy. That, that that's what I need to do at the moment, to be honest. And I haven't really had time to look at the the future vision because we're in the middle of a pandemic. It's, it is difficult and not having, it's like, it's strange not having face-to-face contacts with clients because it's a, you're a face service, aren't you? You see clients face-to-face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you like. You go meetings and stuff. And I think on Tuesday next week, I've got my, maybe my second meeting with the client, mm. um, which is, so it's, it is very difficult. And, it's something we need to cement in a bit more detail, I think, as the whole vision. But what, but what you flag up brilliantly there, Gareth, is there's um, there, there are really lumpy uh, issues, difficulties that we're facing. You know, COVID pandemic. Yeah. You know, uh, new, new new office, new team come in. There's those those things are happening. But I would argue, and I'd like uh, Phil's views on this, that it doesn't matter what moment of time you choose. There's always going to be some what looks like and to use your reference gareth a, a mountain in the way of you getting absolute clarity over your vision your values your mission uh phil what what and i'm trying to get phil to read into what gareth's just shared there what are your thoughts phil yeah you know if, if we go back to when we were originally pressed on vision and mission like the thought of having to wait a period of time before we were going to go and market the hell out of our business and win more clients was just alien to me. You know, well, what, yeah. what, well, we're going to miss some opportunities. But actually, going back to it, it is, it is critical, in particular, even more so over the last year in COVID, having a clear purpose and vision and mission made it much easier for us to articulate to our team and our clients what we're trying to achieve. And it might be that actually, yeah, in this, in this next kind of 12 months that... It's less about, you know, kind of growing and kind of driving because nobody knows. But actually, it's still about building better businesses. It just might mean that that's not necessarily for every business growing turnover and profit. It might be becoming more agile, you know, and in terms of evolving the role and perception of accountants right now, that is different to where it was last year and the year before. Um, but Glenn's alluded to it. You know, your vision and mission won't change. Your tactics and potentially what those key objectives and goals are will, because that will depend on where you're at as a business and where you're going. Um, mm. But yeah, I think it's something that we also talk to other clients about is that it, it is always, whether we like it or not, strategy, people development is it's usually the thing that goes to the bottom of the list. Well, actually, I tell a lie. For clients, actually, it's sometimes it's a lot of the time it's finance control, of course, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why we're in business. But it, usually it's the stuff that happens last because we think it's less important. But actually, it needs to be turned on its head. It's the stuff that has to happen, that should be first on your priorities, because if not... You'll be setting off on a journey without any idea on where you're going. And you might get there, great. But actually, if you set off with a clear map, a clear indication of where you're going, you've got a much better chance of getting there. It won't be, be dead easy, but it'll be ups and downs. But actually, that is, that is massive to, to, to me in my role and to be able to articulate to my team makes it easier for, for, for me to do my job, I believe. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't set off to wander up and around a mountain. You know exactly where the top of the mountain is in terms of the map, and and you choose your tactics to get up the map. Up, up, Correct. Up, and up, you've up, up that mountain. Yeah. And you've checked the weather beforehand, and you've kind of made sure that in your backpack you're all that. That's the whole bit. But actually, going, we know we're going to get there. How we'd like to get there would be having fun and with your friends and stuff like that. And that's the, where the vision and mission comes. And, and the then the tactics come in. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So where's Harlan's going then, Glenn? Um, again, our, our vision and mission won't change. Uh, at the end of the day, we, we to drill those down, again, there is a bit of branding work. What Phil's touched on here, I would suggest that, Gareth, you think about, and, and any firm looking to pin down vision and mission, um, given that one of my skill sets is I'm very logical, and that's why I'm good at being an accountant, the creative aspect I have to work hard on to bring others in to do that. So our vision and mission won't change, and it, 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 it drives everything we do, how we apply it, where we go, it, it will change. But in terms, of, um, in terms of vision, helping clients everywhere build a better business, every single word of that in my mind means, and the one that I'm focused on the moment, is everywhere. So we were a local firm. Most of our clients were built up locally around the Northeast. But everywhere takes us into a different ballgame. And we've been, over, been working on this over the last couple of years. I see that as, a, as an extension. So how do we build everything around servicing a client, advising a client, so that we don't have to be physically on site, so that we have a team that's wherever. Um, it, it brings all of those things in and constantly evolving the role and perception of accounting, which is our mission at the moment. Again, there, there you go. The COVID has brought in this flexible working. For me, that flexible working means that we, any, we can work from anywhere. The office environment, where does that start to feature? And also, what do we do for our clients? Over the last year, I've had more conversations than I ever have had that are not anything about business, nothing. A leader of a business wants to talk to me, and I also want to talk to them about how they're handling things. How are you? What's, what are you feeling? So I see that as a feature over the next couple of years. How do you plan that in? Doesn't, what are you going to put in your timesheet if you're still me measuring timesheets? They're irrelevant. It's how do we train our team, build our team to be able to deal with that mm. and make revenue from that mm. and get real good feedback from those clients and help them build a better business. That, that help and build a better business. You have a conversation, and I've had many, for half an hour with mm. someone who mentions nothing about what we do for them. All they want, to want is someone they trust and respect to be able to go, bleh. Yeah. and they feel better and they're more effective to be able to go run their business. So I see that as a feature over the next couple of years and not just for me, for my whole team. I'd want mm. to be able to build skills in our team, in our, particularly in our advisory team, where that becomes the norm. That's yeah, what yeah. we do and we're, we're comfortable with it. Yeah, so Glenn, I've got uh, one of my challenges in and around this vision piece is I, I, I get the you know, core purpose or mission and we can, we can argue over the semantic labels but you know build a better business um for me a, a vision's got numbers attached to it as well as you know in terms of you know how many offices how many clients how many team members you know um, fees or profit per full-time employee and so forth how have you built that out because where i want to take this conversation is to because then what we want to do is every quarter everything 13 weeks have a you know a significant strategic win because we hit a particular milestone in a 13-week period, which is sort of what Google and Intel do around their concept called OKRs, objectives and key results yes. every quarter. So what about the numbers? Because we're you guys are accountants. We've got to have a vision which has got numbers attached to it, don't we? Yep, we do. Um, so the key numbers and the key drivers for us, um, are, and one of the strategic goals we set was in terms of turnover, so being the largest independent firm in the Northeast by turnover, so we do measure turnover fairly well. Um, right. Also, um, gross profit, we want to be in top 25 nationally, so benchmark against other accountancy firms to make sure our GP is top quarter. So those themselves strategically won't change how we do that and how we make that up. There's a whole lot of other metrics underneath that. Yeah. Um, and the other key one, so if we want to help 
build better businesses. How do you measure that? We measure it counting GVA, gross value add. So if you actually look at our client base, add up their GVA, and then monitor the growth in that year on year. So every time we drop a set of year-end accounts in, we have a metric, which means we can, work, we can work out what their GVA growth is, what our client base is. We have to be above local and national averages because then we can say, we're doing that. We're helping you build a better business, and this is how we're measuring it. We're using GVA. So mm -hmm. those, for, for me, are key, as well as to less quantitative, but feedback-led, customer service-led. How do your clients feel? So we use Net Promoter, and we use a Net Promoter for how our team feel. Those are the main metrics that we measure on a regular basis, and Phil delivers a, um, a debrief and a communication of those KPIs yeah. every month. So we right. share them all with the team, we go through them with the team, and we help them understand what do those mean when we haven't done so well, we talk about why, where we've done brilliantly, we give some examples. So that's that's what underpins them. And again, we right. chose those metrics to off the back of having the building blocks of the, the, the vision and the mission in place and yeah, some strategic right. goals, which I've referenced. So it, it mm -hmm. does cascade through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gareth, I'm just wondering if you've got a question for Phil or Glenn around what they just shared on those numbers. <laughs> Um, it's difficult, is it? Because, like you guys, you 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 you're obviously very very led into the strategy of the of your practice, which is you know just from my point of view, it's amazing to hear. To be honest, and this is, I've take going to take away a lot from this. So, how, how long has it taken you guys to to solidify this into your like? your management structure because like this is something which like you know I, i'm listening to and i'm thinking god these guys actually they've done a lot of work in this and i'm i'm literally i don't even think i'm on the first run to be honest <laughs> to where you are but but it's how long did it, have you you obviously invested a lot of time but how 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 long did it take you to sort of get to the point and think yeah we're we're, we're in a good place now we're we're, we're here can I change that question very slightly? Uh, Phil, answer, answer Gareth's question, but also answer the question, um, not just how long has it taken, but how much time and effort every week or every month does it take? Hmm. Yeah, so it, it's still happening, Gareth. You know, we're still, we're still <laughs> not there. Um, we, we, we sometimes, we're, we're excellent, and therefore the biggest challenge for us is consistency, you know, and making mm. sure, as you've alluded to, that the management team are, are, are continue to do the things that we we want them to do and they want to do to ensure that that's kind of just front and center. So mm. um, to give you an idea from a timescale point of view, though, so we bought the business 10 years ago. We then did a, you know, a rebrand of it two years after that um, that helped more from a commercial point of view, if I'm honest, at that particular time. Um, mm. Then we had another few years of kind of commercially starting to enact that plan. Then Glyn's alluded to about two or three years ago, the, 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 the big aha moment around the vision and mission and integrating it with our business was our people plan. Um, and that's taken probably a couple of years, two and a bit years for it to fully be implemented. And what I mean by that, we've done lots of work around processes and bringing in, um, then making sure that the, the management team believe in it and integrate it is our mm. current biggest challenge, in all honesty. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, it's all right saying it and it's that, you know, and it's but it's believing it and it's making sure that the, the the managers that you've got believe in it and the managers you're bringing in believe that it's the right thing to do and in terms of how much time on a on a day by day or week by week basis to give you an indication of the type of stuff that we're doing so glenn's alluded to it monthly monthly kpis sharing that with the team we also have um 
as a leadership team as well as individual teams, regular huddles. So you're talking like a couple of, couple of times a week, dropping in huddles, talking about KPIs, talking about the key things. Again, I'm not saying we've aced it. You know, it's it consistently we need to get better at it. Um, mm. And fortnightly one-to-ones, fortnightly or at the very, very least monthly one-to-ones where you're talking about people development and you're not talking about client-related stuff. You're talking about what matters to that individual. Where are they moving towards? Where's, where's their development moving? And really mm-hmm. focusing on them, the KPIs on those bits. Um, is, that, is that something you do on every, every month then? Is it you have a, like a, have a you meet with your, the employees every week now? Is it that regularly? Because you know, I'm used to having like a six-monthly meet or something like that. But you, you guys are really, really on top of it now with your employees. We, and that. So for me, I want to see momentum more regularly. If, I, if it's every six months that that happens, what happens if in that six months period nothing's happened, you get there and say, oh, we've had a bad six months, you've lost six months. So I want to see that we're moving those things forward regularly as a team. And it does depend on the size of your team because we are still a relatively small management team and that's been the issue. We've had managers who've said, we're doing this, but they don't really understand how to carry out a one-to-one conversation to move a TNA forward. How, how would they if they're inexperienced managers? So we've, we've had to evolve and we're still evolving. Um, and if I can add a little bit around that, Paul and Gareth, it's around the Gallup 12, there's the 12 questions that are effectively around you know, having an engaged team. And all the stats tell us that an engaged team tells us that like profitability, productivity improves. But there's a core number. There's a core number of questions, and one is around, do you know where your role fits? So role portraits, KPIs are critical to that. Um, and regular positive interaction and recognition, weekly it says, which is crazy when you think about it. Like, well, you know, when, when, when you're talking about like six, you know, six monthly performance reviews, you know, it's the traditional stuff. All the stats say that you should be having positive recognition and regular conversations with your team about what's worked really well, and not just you've done a good job this week. It'd be really specific. Granular, that re- specific. Absolutely. Yeah. That report yeah. was fantastic because, because, because. And if you do that, it builds a fantastically engaged team. And mm. again, the, the, one of the other core ones is that having a manager that cares about me and my business, you can't mm. do that if you're just talking to them about their personal development every six months. That's just crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. It has to be regular. And it doesn't have to be too formal either. That's the thing that people fall down on. You have a checklist and I've got to do it you've got to capture key actions don't get me wrong but giving a damn about your team is like it's just listening it's about asking good questions and stepping back to say well i'm listening and again i sound like we're we're awesome at this we're trying and we're doing our best there's some it's a consistency bit now and doing it regularly is where we're trying to get to yeah that's been the challenge people don't say they're going to do that and then when you you get down and again that's observation from me learning how important observation is. We've only got yeah. 20 odd people, so it's not that hard to actually have a conversation with somebody who's had some one-to-ones and has a TNA just to kind of pick up, is that being handled right? Are they moving in the right direction? And that's what I've got better at because everyone's saying they're doing these things. I can see them happening, but nah, it's, we're not, <laughs> things aren't moving where we should yeah. do. So yeah. what's going wrong? Getting some yeah. upward comms and trust. Psychological yeah. safety is another aspect. People need to feel safe yeah. that they can say stuff and that's yeah. where we've had some troubles in, and then you know it's right well I know where the challenge is here it's our management yeah. there if people aren't safe to say it they won't or they'll say some and, stuff and that's weird but what, that's, that, that's brilliant because if if you're having even if it was quarterly appraisals 
you're not going to get that, you know, sense of psychological safety being open. But if you're having weekly or bi, you know, fortnightly one to ones, they, they'll get that you're serious about having an open, candid conflict conversation yes. that actually helps that's, them drive forward. Yeah. That's been the key for, for yeah. everyone knows that we're because you can set these things out. But and, and people do say, I just you can stick whatever you want on the wall. It's your actions that, that everyone will watch. Yes, so if yeah. you don't follow that through every single day, and that's where we haven't been strong enough, Phil and I, and that's where back at the client stuff. Yeah. In your in well, my own mind, it's like, well, I can't, I can't do all that client stuff and all that. <laughs> if you're in that manager director role, then you have to have walk to, the talk. Have to do. Blocks mm. of time for blocks of work. That's got to, and what's lovely from this conversation is every week without fail, there's a block of time that gets applied to whether it be a vision piece or a values piece or whatever it is strategically. And, you know, we're talking vision and, you know, quarterly priorities here. Um, and and I, I just want to flag up the, you know, objectives and key results is a, you know, John Doe piece from his lessons at Intel, which made was massive contributor to Intel being brilliantly successful. And then he walked into um, Google, shared it with Google. They said, oh, yeah, we'll run with that. And so John Doe bought 11 percent of Google stock when there was only 30 people in Google on the back of them saying, yes, let's do this. I think he probably did rather well out of that. <laughs> um, and it's it's I, I'm, I'm I've got. Two last questions. Uh, can you have two last questions? That's an oxymoron. Isn't it? You can't do that. That's just anyway. I've got two more questions. Uh, what's the uh, strategic focus, the singular priority for your two respective firms at this moment? If there was one thing without fail you are going to do within this quarter, this 13 week window, what is it? How clear is it? And if you haven't got in, it's not clear. Then let's have that conversation. Out. Uh, we're in a we're in a, we're building a, a new five year strategic plan from 2022 to 2027. So right. that that is in the pipeline. So making sure that we've got that in focus would be where, where I am. But if you ask me for in the next three months, what's the most important thing to progress? Um, I would go back to what I've just referenced: take the team, get the team all on one page. You've got some people come back to the, the, the office, some working remotely. We need engagement. We need to be close to them. We need to be sure that everyone's clear what's happening because there's a lot of change going on in our organisation and new people are going to be coming in. So we need to be yeah. very, very close. Right. Uh, again, make sure all of that, what we just talked about, one-to-ones, that's happening genuinely. And that's my that's my focus over the next three okay. so, Well, very elegantly, what you said is that we've got a, a strategic priority, which is build the 22 to 27 plan. And then Bingo. tactically, let's make sure all our team are fully engaged with the way the business is now going to work going yep. forward. And we've got to get that working from home, working from the office balance and blend working brilliantly. Gareth, what's your without fail singular strategic focus for this quarter? It's a swine of a question, isn't it? No, no, no. It's, it's for, for this quarter, it's literally, we've had a lot of changes in terms of like the, the practice that it was acquired, plus the IT infrastructure has completely changed. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, the Newport office has literally just gone paperless, to be honest. So like, they're, right. they're literally really behind it. So our, our strategic sort of goal at the moment is to make sure that we are we are one office ultimately. We're one office. We are, we're ready to move on and start start getting to the, the place where uh, Paul and Phil are, to be honest, to, to build upon. We need to like, Phil, cement yeah. the foundations yeah, before yeah. we start moving on, to be honest. Um, right. That's that's our next quarter goal, and then we're going to look, look forward to yeah, you, there's a, you know, priority is a singular reference. You know, people, oh, I've got three priorities. No, no, no. What's your one without fail priority is a really good question. So uh, last question to, to you, Glenn. Uh, people are listening in this going, yeah, I get this strategic stuff. Uh, vision, yes. Values, yes. Purpose, mission, yes. 
a team engagement, yes, you've already acknowledged you made lots of mistakes. Um, if you were to do it again, where would you start? What's the, you know, the step one, step two, maybe step three starting points based on all the, um, uh, if I can colloquially call them cock-ups that you yeah. made? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say it, it, pinning down the mission and vision earlier. I could have done that. Um, that that would have been we would have been further on if we'd done that. How do you know that then, Phil? Sorry, Glenn. How do you know that? Because we're now after the event, so there was no reason why I couldn't have done that earlier. If I'd made the time and brought the right people in to facilitate that, we would have. I know that we would have moved faster than we have. So, um, so what stopped you seeing that as the priority at that time? Because that's where people who are listening into this are going to be focused. Clients. What stopped you seeing it? Clients. We, we bought the practice in 2011. We had to keep all the clients. Some of the relationships weren't with us. We had to build those relationships. We had debt. We had, it's a business to run. You've got to keep the clients. So it's, that's the honesty. And, but, but we did that for a couple of years. And at that point is when we should have nailed mission and vision. And we didn't. We left it a bit longer and we stumbled across it through brand. And looking yeah, yeah. back, if, if sometimes it's the big things it's the calls you make and when you make them I, w I don't regret anything we've done at all because I've learned sure. a load but if I'd done that earlier we definitely could have grown faster that, and that do you would think be you, and Glenn do you think you could really have invested half a day a week in the mission vision earlier you know yes. whilst really yeah, I could I could I could have whether I could have seen that yet I'm a big believer in the time and the place sometimes you're not ready and, and it was just I wasn't quite ready, but that, that's just me. If a different leader and different person had been in this business and they'd done that then, yeah. then they they, this business would have, would have grown faster. I know that. So, but you learn. You don't, I, don't, I don't beat myself up over it. You just, I also understand that where I am now, I only know very little. So just try and watch for those big things that I maybe I might not be missing and get other input on that. I do that all yeah, the time and, and, and look at bigger firms that have gone through this and talk to people who've been there and done it. I'm a big fan of that. Keep yeah. them around the business, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk to people who've been there and done it. They, they will they will help yeah. you get there faster. Learn from others, which is, I guess, is the purpose of this uh, podcast series as well, isn't it? So um, uh, last question, definitely to all three of you. What's been of most value in this conversation today? What is it that you look at it and go, all oh, right, that's stood out for me. That's going to help me. Gareth, what, how would you um, answer Do that? Do you know what? My... For me, it's just listening to Phil and Glenn and listening, listening to they obviously within a, have gone through it all before. And I'm really, really glad that I've gone to this podcast because it's been such a valuable experience for me, like listening to you guys. Um, and I'm going to like I've been making notes as well on the side if you haven't noticed anything. So I'm going to take a lot away from you guys. So thank you very much. But I'm going to push you on there. So if there was one thing you're physically oh. going to do as a consequence of what you've uh, discovered today, Gareth, what is it? Vision. Build the vision and build build the purpose of where we're going and stuff. Definitely, because I think that's from what from what you just said, Glenn. That is the main focus of what you would have done earlier, isn't it? And to be honest, I think that's something that we need to do definitely to make sure that we can move forward. And how much diary time are you going to allocate to that, then, Gareth? As much as I can at the moment, uh, at least half a day, <laughs> as just mentioned. <laughs> like you say, though, it's difficult, isn't it? Like you, you've, you've got to build these relationships, and I haven't met some of these clients. So like now, now moving forward without the pandemic, I'm going to have a lot more meetings. But I'm definitely going to at least at least half a day a week. I think is is what what I'm going to need to. And I'm going to invest in the invest in the employees as well and the, the people as well definitely more because like I see the benefits which you've always mentioned definitely. well you know yeah. you know even if it was an hour a week Gareth you'd get something out of that 
And sometimes we can go, well, it makes sense, doesn't it, investing half a day. But when yeah. you're spinning so many plates, juggling so many balls, it's like one high quality hour a week can then earn you the place where you've got to two hours a week and that earns you to the place where you've got half a day a week. And yeah. so you might want to, um, you know, manage your expectations a little bit, which if you think I'm damping you down, then just ignore me completely. But it's uh, it, yeah, it, it makes a difference. Mm. Uh, Phil, what stood out of being of most value to you, do you think, in this conversation? <clears throat> Reflecting. Actually, yeah. it's always it's always good to reflect on where you've come. And um, but also the big thing for, for, for me is that our ability to do it consistently. We've got a big hundred days ahead with new people coming in and. It's just made me think about how even more important and just revisiting our systems and our induction processes of new people coming in to make sure that everything that I'm saying verbally is in there and that we're going to it's give real. Our, our new team members the most awesome experience when they start. Because um, it is where it's let us down in the past. That, that's right. the, the element. We, we sell ourselves incredibly well, which you'll have heard, Gareth. You know, We talk mm. really passionately about it. Doing it consistently, both in terms of people coming into our business and clients, is is something that I need to get my um, my teeth into these next the next next couple of months. Mm. Thanks, Phil. Ben, what's that been of value for you today? I, I like Phil's point about reflection. I was thinking that we're just talking through what we've been through and how we've been through it, and some of the key things has really been really useful from a confidence mm. point of view. But the one thing I'll pin pin down is OKR's KPIs. We're a little bit off where I would like us to be, having thought about that and, and you pushing us on those things. Mm. We've probably drifted on that because of our focus on people, which has been good. We just need to not take our eye off those balls, especially if we're transitioning into a new period of growth. We need to make yeah. sure we're still sharp on the stuff that we said we were going to do and those results. So yeah, that's yeah. the thing I'll take away and, and just think about, right, how are we going to sharpen those up and make sure we've got them as we want them to be? Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. For me, it's been this, uh, here's a podcast about uh, strategy, vision, OKRs, and yes, purpose, mission, values always shows you can't you can't separate them all out. We've got to get clarity on all of them. But actually, we've talked about weekly implementation. What do we do a little bit every week without fail in and around the strategic stuff, as well as the client care stuff and the team care stuff and so on? There's um, We can do a little bit on strategy every week without fail, and we will build a momentum around that. Uh, that's what stood out for me brilliantly. Gentlemen, I really, really appreciate you investing uh, your time and your energy uh, today. And... Um, uh, it, it's been a real joy for me. Uh, thank you very, very, very much. No problem. Likewise, Paul. You'll find more valuable discussions with the leaders of ambitious accounting firms at humanisethenumbers.online. Go to the show notes for this podcast and click the link to get access to the full series on Strategy for Accountants. You can also sign up to be notified each time a new podcast is made available.